twice, I guess. Okay. Welcome to Loud and Now We're Live. Welcome to Loud and Nerdy on a Tuesday night. My name is J.W. Caldwell, Florida movie guy. Uh, I am joined tonight by Nigel A. Fullerton. Yeah. Uh, hey, welcome. Um, Paul is, again, out sick. Uh, he's got he's got something going on with his throat, so we want to make sure he stays uh, healthy throat-wise because he's got to talk. Uh, otherwise, he's going to go crazy. And we, I mean, that's what he does for a living, isn't it? That, that's what I mean. Like, So we got to make sure... <laughs> We got to make sure we keep him upright. Nigel joins us uh, tonight as a guest host. I'm super excited to have him here. He, uh, for anybody who's in uh, the Loud and Nerdy family who comes in and watches the show, um, Nigel has a couple of podcasts that he's got going right now. One called The Jump Cut, which just reached its hundredth episode. Yeah, last week. So a hundred weeks of of The Jump Cut, right? Yeah. And then another one you do Mur the Murphy Monday, right? With yeah, the Murphy Monday podcast. Yeah. Um every week we celebrate the life and career of Eddie Murphy. No, that's and this week was Delirious, right? So yeah, uh, arguably Delirious better than Raw in your opinion? I'm more of a Delirious guy than Raw, yeah. I think I Delirious it. I think Delirious is better just cuz it's it's him in its true essence. Raw was when he kind of hit. Yeah. So like Raw is it's streamlined Eddie as opposed to Delirious, which is kind of like Kid Eddie. Eddie. Yes, Kid Eddie just <laughs> dominating. Um, but yeah, so welcome to the show. I'm I'm so glad you're here. Uh we've got a full pack show. I've thrown a lot at Nigel as I throw a lot at Paul. Uh not not <laughs> I don't mean to. I just it just happens. I'm old and I get going on things and like I get on tangents and whatnot. Um hold on one second. I just want to make sure we're streaming. We are, yeah, since we are, since we are. Share it too. Yeah, we got to share share the link. Uh, Brand, where's my share the link thing? Share the link. It's not here anymore. I don't know. Paul Paul does all these technical things. I just show up and do content. Oh, we got, we got somebody watching. Um, yeah, that's good. That's good. We got somebody watching. That's better somebody, than nobody, right? Somebody, somebody out there in, in Facebook land is watching the show. Which is good enough for me, uh, which is great. Um, okay, we've had a, an interesting week. There's been some some well, one of the one of the big things. Mm. So um, we we do talk box office on this show every once in a while, okay. and one of the things that happened this week was In the Heights kind of fizzled <laughs> at the box office. Like, but did you so, to do anything? Like, who was really? Uh, no, I, well, well, here's the thing. I don't. Again, I don't know. First off, I saw it. It's fantastic. It's really good. It's slice of life. It's beautiful. It's a great. It's a great musical. Makes your toe tap. It does run a little long for a musical. I, I tend to like my musical shorter. But what I what I'm gonna say is, I think the interesting thing is, I think they did expect it to do well, but I think they put it in the wrong spot in the year. Like for this is an Oscar contender. It's it's one of those serious kind of movies that you know has inclusion all over it and is all about, you know, a particular, a particular subset and being able to like, you know, recapture um, the magic of New York. And I think it, they would have done better to release it in the fall, like where they could have tiered it out, you know, waited for all the theaters to get open. They could have tiered it out. Like it was an Oscar contender, a little bit like La La Land, kind of like in a specific, okay. a specific way. And yeah. they chose not to do it. Um, and I'm just, I'm befuddled by the opening, but I'm also, well, I know why they chose that opening. 
Uh, I don't know if you know this, but in New York, it was the Puerto Rican Day Parade. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, okay. So, in conjunction with the Puerto Rican Day Parade, they had a small float for In the Heights. Really? Okay. Yeah, New York, that's what it was for. It was a small float. Most of Puerto Rican Day Parade was still on Zoom because of COVID. <laughs> But here's uh, the thing: if if but ever if you're all do if you're part if you're participating in the parade, mm -hmm. I know this is gonna sound weird, but I, how do you go to a movie? Like how, like if the, if it's parade weekend, like I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania, yeah. we have a big St. Patrick's Day parade. Okay, mm -hmm. it is a massive parade. You cannot schedule anything on that weekend because the parade engulfs it. But it I, just, I hear you, but I'm almost positive the first couple leprechauns came on St. Patty's Day. Like, I'm almost positive. <laughs> That's how you market a movie. You market a movie by putting something that everybody. Yes. But but here's the thing. We're in a weird marketing scene. But I, I, HBO is disappointed. And well, HBO Max isn't disappointed. Actually, HBO Max is disappointed. What am I saying? Um, It didn't do great on HBO Max either. Uh -huh. So it's like this weird. And so, it got great reviews, strong audience scores. Okay. No box office. Nobody's streaming it. So it's this kind of so, unicorn. So let me let me preface it by this, right? They sh they shouldn't have. They thought it was going to do Hamilton numbers because it's Lin, Mel, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, right? So they they thought that was going to happen. Um, the second thing is. It falls into the same thing that the Joy Luck Club and the uh, cr uh, Crazy Rich Asians, that like the whole like something that's different from a different uh, subculture, different race per se that we normally don't see often. Um, you can't expect that to do well. But it, it, to 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 go back on that, Crazy Rich Asians did do well. Yeah, and, but and it's the same director, and it's the same. So, and so you're right. I think you're right. I think your point is well justified. The idea that we have Lin Manuel Miranda, we have all this going on. Actually, hold on. Paul wanted me to change this. Oh, there we go. There you go. Oh, look at us. Oh, now, we're, now we're doing magic. Crazy everything we're doing, is now. We're doing magic. Now you can see how crazy everything is now. Like you can see magic. Now I gotta move my camera a little bit so you don't see my. No, no, you're fine. You can leave. I, I just drank on camera. Everything's great. Uh, we're we're not a we're not an angry show. Um, yeah. we're an easygoing show. But it, I, I think you're right. It, I think it was too I think, ugly. No, you and I, you and I are fine. It's it's the other people. It's the thin people that are terrible. Um, <laughs> they they lie to themselves and don't eat carbs. Uh. <laughs> Um, so I, I just think it's one of those things. It's one of those weird places where I, I think one of the things that you were saying, like the Hamilton thing is true. Wow. I think everybody thought, oh, it's, it's got a Hamilton thing going. Mm. Part of the, the allure about Hamilton was all of the talent in Hamilton, right. like the v Diggs and everybody. And it was mo like a multicultural cast right. with stars. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think this is one of the like they're they're gonna be analyzing this movie for years. They should have like, had white Puerto Ricans. <clears throat> they should have white Puerto Ricans, black Puerto Ricans, Asian Puerto Ricans. If you could have if you could have black, if you could have a black uh, Aaron Burr, then you can have a, a Chinese uh well it's it's like where we're it's where it's where we're headed, where it's where we're headed with everything, right? Where we're gonna try right but 
I love. I personally love when they they change up the cast. Like the the casting now that's getting all the the attention in that regard is the Neil Gaiman Sandman. Right, they're doing a Sandman show on Netflix. Everybody's frustrated and fighting about like people that they're casting. Mm. I love the casting things where people go, "I'm I'm crazed. I'm going to be upset about this." If they if tomorrow they announce that Idris Elba is going to be the new Bond, I don't get upset. I go, "Okay, let's yeah. bring it on." That's He's going to be a great Bond. I'm going to stand by him and do whatever I can for him. You know, like mm-hmm. I love Bond. I want him. I want Bond to succeed. If we have to get other markets and other people involved, why wouldn't we? That's the. It seems like the silliest thing. Yeah, people. You know get, what I mean? People get tied in tradition and they forget that things should change. So if you have, like, if you had a million uh, white guys play Bond, you should have Bond be played by other people, maybe even other genders. Just try something new. I don't want to see another <laughs> Bond movie, but for me, I want to see something new. Yes, no, no, and I agree with that. I, I but I think in the high, you're right. Maybe we, we could have had, yeah, just one white Puerto Rican is what we definitely because we're not. I'm going to say to this, Nigel, we're not represented enough, <laughs> and I just want to, you know, I want to get it out there. Well, we do not have enough enough mainstream movie coverage. Well, what's funny is there was Jesus. backlash on in the Heights. There was backlash. <laughs> I don't know if you knew. Well, that. I, well, yeah, no, I no, I saw the backlash. I saw I the backlash to me again. I think it's hilarious. We've we you know for a long time people have you know dominated movies. We've been like I because I, I you know my heritage is I'm a white guy, so I look at things and I go, yeah, we've we've had a long good run. Let other people have a chance. Let let's yeah. just just step back. Why can't we have a you know an African American Bond or well, actually not African American. An African British Bond, to be honest, like, yeah, why can't we do any of this? Like, and um, if they pick Cavill, great. If they pick Idris Elba, great. Whatever it is, right. I support that character. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But in the Heights, in the Heights, bombing is going to be one of those things where people. So you're going to have the backlash to it, and then you're also going to have people just trying to study what the hell happened. What? Nope. What? I know what happened. <laughs> Nobody cared for this movie. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened, and then, okay. but then the other thing is the the Hispanic community that has watched this movie, they say that there wasn't enough, there wasn't enough Afro Latinos in it. Like, okay. So, like, like for instance, like my stepmother, she's Afro Cuban, so it's basically a mixture of she's like a darker skinned Latino or Latina, and oh. That's and an interesting. There wasn't a lot of the in there. So they 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 p- basically picked the top talent that that is in the Hispanic community in Hollywood, which is Jimmy Smith, <laughs> and, and half of Orange is the New Black. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fair enough. Oh no, that's interesting. That's an interesting. That's a unique backlash where it's like we're looking for representation, but it's not necessarily the representation that is marketable right so like and, and and all of a sudden you get into a weird place where like okay so that's not marketable so we're not going to make that movie well okay i i you know what i mean but it, it's just it i don't know why it bombed i i think i understand why it bombed but mm-hmm. i think we're going to be it's one of those things where people are going to be studying for a while and and i what one thing i do know for sure is you can't blame the streaming stuff you can't. so like one of the one of the things that came out was that oh it, it, it may have bombed because people were streaming it. And what they found two or two or three days later was nobody was streaming it. So it had nothing to do with 
Well, because the number the numbers for the streaming aren't high enough to warrant. Like, because like even when Kong versus Godzilla opened and when Mortal Kombat opened, <clears throat> they had a huge twenty million over twenty million dollar openings. Well, and the streaming numbers were higher. I will tell you other reasons why this didn't do well. Uh, the marketing. There was little to no mark. I didn't even know this movie came out until somebody said it on Facebook. I was like, oh, the dancing, the dancing Spanish people movie came out. Okay, I wanted to watch it. I mean, Lin Manuel Miranda, like I like him, I liked Hamilton. And what I found, I think also the other issue is that this stands in the shadow of Hamilton because Hamilton was so good. This movie didn't do as well as what Hamilton would have been. Fantastic. I, I, that's a great, that's a great start. What else are you watching? Now I know you mm. watched all, did you, did you jump into all the Spider-Man movies? Uh, two yeah, we, we did all the Spider-Man movies. Like <clears throat> we've, we've actually reviewed most of the spider We wanted to do Spider-Man because we, we really love Spider-Man and we're getting ready for this whole Spider-Verse thing happening. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for Spider-Man No Way Home. Like we thought the trailer was going to drop. We thought the trailer, maybe we do some Spider-Man movies. Yeah, yeah. they are, they are trolling people. Yeah, that they, trailer stuff, they are trolling people hard with that. Mm -hmm. When are we going to release the trailer? I don't know. Maybe today. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Oh, I don't know. I was waiting for it. I, I, <laughs> just, just give it to us. Just I've give it to us. I've of superheroes <laughs> so much that I've been watching all of the Disney Plus shows. Like, <laughs> two, like 3 a.m. in the morning when I can really get into it. And I'm like, okay. You know, did you watch Loki? Are you excited? I've, I've been watching. Lo I watched the first episode of Loki. I'm, I'm ready for the second one to come out because I don't gauge like I have to watch a couple episodes before I say this is a good show. I, I got it. I I'm watching the show. OK, that's fair. Mm. I get really excited very quickly. Uh, uh, Paul, uh, Paul, yeah, I, I, I just do it. it, it for whatever reason, like I, I pick up an all. I'm one of those stupid people that went to a comic book store when they were six, seven, eight, nine, ten, gotcha. and just kept on going all the way through my life. Okay. Uh, so like I sit back and I'm like, oh, I know that character. Oh, I wonder what they're gonna do with that person. That person over there. Paul and I had so many fights about Wandavision. Did you love Wandavision or hate Wandavision? I I liked Wandavision once I once it started going. Like I was like, let me give okay. it. Once I got to that fourth episode, I was like, all right, good. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm ready for it. So it's same thing with um with um Winter Soldier, um okay, which, like you know Falcon Winter Soldier. Like I liked the dynamic, but I wanted like that first episode was slow. Uh, once I got to the second episode and saw more fighting, more stuff, like and and it got more engaging. Then I was like, okay, I'm on board. Loki sure. is. I didn't get that. I didn't get that um action that I was waiting for. Like I wanted to see him spring into action the first episode. I feel like Loki is going to be for whatever, like, okay. So I, I say this about every Marvel show mm -hmm. and I, I want to bring this up. Well, a long time person who comes in every week, every okay. week, uh, we, uh, Jerry Kimura, we need the Spider-Man from the electric company. We do. Uh, we do. Would you, the one Spider-Man I remember from the electric company, if you go way back, way back, way back, mm -hmm. there was a Spider-Man episode where he fought the Yeti. Yeah. He fought the Yeti, and the way he beat the Yeti was buying Italian ices that the Eddie had the Yeti had to sit on, and then Spider-Man captured him in a trap. That's the first, you know, the first time most of us ever uh, endured Spider-Man. Um, okay, so Jordan brings this up. Jordan brings this up. Summer's coming around. Things are opening up. No one wants to sit indoors and watch it. Fair enough. 
No, I don't think so. I, I, I don't. I, I think once Fast and Furious comes out, I guarantee you it's going to be way more than in the Heights. Why? Because it's Fast and Furious, and they have uh, Latino characters like Cardi B is in Fast and Furious Nine. So they're going to go to Fast and Furious Nine. If you had Cardi B in the Heights, I guarantee you it would have more star appeal. I think. I think you're right. I think. I think Jordan. I Jordan is a, con, a contributor to the show. We appreciate it. I think you're wrong. I think the right movie. I think when we get to July 8th, July 9th, I think I think theaters are going to be so packed with Black Widow people. Oh, they will. It's going to be it's going to be insane. It's going to be like it's going to be like we turn back the clock almost two and a half years. What's your prediction for for Black Widow? <clears throat> I have a weird prediction. If you want to hear it, it's, no, it's like, a, like box office. Box office. Not, oh, box office. Yeah, box I think office. I think it does. I think it does probably 300 million domestic Same. somewhere around. Around three hundred million domestic, somewhere in that range, and I think it 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 has a chance at a billion worldwide, depending on depending on China, depending if there's no fighting with China with Disney and China, because every once in a while when Disney and China scrum, there's a there's you know it can really hurt the box office. Well, they're mad now. They're mad now. I don't know if you knew that about uh, Shang Chi and uh, yeah. Well, that's that's what I'm concerned with. I'm you see the Chinese tend to tend to look at things and go. Well, we're not going to let you play two movies to pay for the one. So, the the Ten Rings movie is causing all kinds of chaos. I hope it won't cause any chaos for Black Widow because I feel my personal feelings about the Scarlett Johansson thing is that she got short shrift. She probably should have had her movie early, she right? And, and now we're after Endgame. She's already gone. We're getting a, it's kind of a prequel because it's going to take place. Before in the middle of uh, Infinity War and Endgame, uh, you know, yeah. judging by what's going on, yeah. so it's like I feel like she deserves better, and I also feel like the fans feel that way, and I feel like that's one of the reasons the box office is going to be so high, is that I think people are going to go out of their way to go, hey, we really loved her playing the character, you know what I mean? And God, for, God forbid, Nigel, the movie's good. If the movie's good, it get it, it becomes bigger. You know what I mean? Like if it's if people get like right now, everybody's like no has no idea what's going to happen, right? I mean, we have right. an idea. Taskmaster is going to be pretty awesome. Mm. Whatever, whatever the the rigmaroles are going to be on that. Whatever the the twist is going to be, is going to be fantastic because Fahey doesn't doesn't not deliver. Right. And I think what you get is the box office you're going to get from that movie is going to be based. It's it's like a goodwill like a good world tour. It's like when NBA players retire mm. and they go around and they get like the ro- the rocking chairs. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. I think she gets that kind of like, she gets that kind of love from the folks. You know what I, I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think and, that what's going to happen is, and especially with this Loki series, I think what's going to happen is that Black Widow is going to come back. I I think she's going to come back because I think Loki is going to give her the opportunity, or the sister the opportunity to switch places with her. Yeah, either one. Yes. So like, I, I feel like her death is one of the deaths where they can either work around it or, you know, the girl, the girl playing her sister is very talented and she she's in a been, Belova, right? Yes. Well, the one playing Belova, but she was in, you know, she was in fighting with my family and she's like right. one of, she's a super talented kid. So if they're going to give the reins of black widow to somebody else, I could be, I, I'm not very unhappy with, Mm. With her getting it, um, uh, Florence Pugh is her name, um, and she's absolutely spectacular. She's been in a lot of good movies, okay. um, and she's she's one of my favorite young actresses. Um, 
she did a great movie called Fighting with My Family, which is all about uh, okay. WWE star um, and just movie. Um, and so mm. she has a great chance to become whatever she's going to be. If they're going to be Young Avengers, they're already planting seeds for Young Avengers everywhere. I mean, right. Winter Soldier and and, uh, and Falcon Winter Soldier has it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they're all over the place. The, the young Avengers are everywhere. Right. Uh, you know, Endgame when they're scrolling past the uh, the funeral scene and the kid with the potato gun is standing there. He's going to be Iron Lad. <laughs> yes. Iron Lad is coming. Let, let's go. Um, you know that kid was talented before. Um, he was. Uh, so I mean, we should be fine. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, Jordan. Comes back with yeah, but by July everyone will be over it and want to get out of the heat. Fair enough. That's that's fair enough. That's exactly true. I mean, um, I go to I go to there for AC. Like I don't know about you guys, but in the in the summertime, I go to the movie theater just for the AC alone. I go I go for popcorn, but that's that's just me. That's that's just my that's just my role in life. Uh, popcorn and popcorn and a drink. Um, but I Loki, I think is going to start. I think is actually going to be much more like first off like i i've been paying attention to little things casting for you know kang the conqueror i think kang's already been yeah i, I think he's already there i think he's i, have I think he's sitting right there have you have you uh so jonathan majors i believe is playing kang the conqueror yes yes he's the kid from uh lovecraft country yes one of the best shows the last five years i love lovecraft Country. <laughs> um, great man, show it's strange <laughs> weird and i could not i don't know what i watched <laughs> so many wild things going on um uh, you know lovecraft country wildly underrated also completely terrifying for like you know for somebody like for somebody who's watching and and you know doesn't understand the sundown laws didn't actually never experience like has never experienced something like that or anything one of the most terrifying sequences of television last year was getting from town to town in the south with three African Americans in the car trying to get from town to town before the sundown laws take effect. Mm -hmm. One of the scariest things you see, I I'm very excited about Jonathan majors. I was very excited about the show. I thought the show asked a lot of questions, like right. very difficult questions. Like, you know, the whole, the whole African, the sister who wanted to become who her, her dream thing might've been to, to be white. And so she could that go to work. At the store. That was insane shit. Where it just like, like how she like cooked like it was like <sighs> like it was like a butterfly like like the skin just came <laughs> over like it was just, just this thing and you know what it reminded me of like I don't know if you're a Hellraiser fan but mm. the, the every time she took her skin off and like hit the floor mm. all I could think of was the original Hellraiser where they're dropping <laughs> skin every three seconds yeah. people's it, skin it, are just it. falling off like <laughs> you know and it just hits with that you know just the whatever the sound is they make. Oh um, but that kid, I feel like he's already in the video. I feel like yeah. John majors, the way the one time shaper was, you know, in the video, the way he was shaped, he looks just like John of the majors. The, the, the judge behind when the judge is doing Loki's case mm -hmm. and the faces, the three faces are behind her. Right. The one looks exactly like John of the majors. Probably. probably, he's probably here. Oh, he's definitely here. I like that's because uh, the character, the character, the judge is a character in the comics that has right. all kinds of ties to Kang. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I think for whatever reason, Loki is going to be one of those shows where, uh, you know, and that's the interesting thing about what they're doing on Disney Plus. 
characters that don't get huge amounts of time, vast amounts of screen time in the movies. And Paul and I have discussed this on the show. Mm-hmm. People who don't get vast amounts of screen time are getting all kinds of cool things to do yeah. in a television format where the characters get to come back. And it's, you know, it's maybe it's one of those things where Disney looks at it and goes, well, Loki's super popular um, and he died. So- and we're going to throw this end game tidbit in for him where he gets to escape with the Tesseract. And then maybe we can have a show with him. You know what I mean? Like his, his scores are off the charts. Same yeah. with like Sam and Bucky and same with Wanda and Vision. You know what I mean? Like, I think they look at it and they go, okay, who's, who didn't get enough screen time? Uh, Scarlet Witch. You know, when she takes apart Thanos and takes all his armor and just rips him to shreds. And then he like, you know, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> and so let's give her more time. You know what I mean? And I think that's one of the great things they're doing. And that's why Marvel is, you know, we talk about this on the show all the time. Marvel mm-hmm. is handily beating DC because they just understand. Right. The characters. It's not necessarily fan service. I mean, some of it is, but oh. it's some of it most certainly is. But it's a lot of it is just being able to. What do the people want? I, we want more. Tom Hiddleston is Loki. Okay, mm-hmm. here's six episodes, and then we're going to set up a whole other timeline. We're going to set up new characters. We're going to bring Luke Will um, Owen Wilson in to the MCU. Who knew that we needed Owen Wilson in the MCU more than more than this? But then he's walking around the MCU, you're just like, oh, where have you been? <laughs> where have you been? We, oh, I missed you. You, you, you did wedding crashers. Taylor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> two in terrible movies. Yes. Um, and now he's like, now he's got something good going on. And and like, but it's like one of those things where you, like, that's one of my favorite things about the MCU. And Paul and I have talked about it. The idea that they take these comic actors. Mm-hmm. And they bring them into the MCU because comics and comic actors tend to be people that can do a wide array of things, right? Right. Because right. most great comedy comes from incredibly tragic pain, mm-hmm. right? Comedy is other people's pain. Um, and so I think it's really funny. You know, you get you get a Julie Louis Dreyfus dropped into the Falcon of the Winter Soldier. Well, we get Owen Wilson no. dropped in, you know, dropped well, yeah, in. She's she's also in Black Widow. So well, yeah, she's definitely gonna be in Black Widow, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, but it's one of those things where they're as they're driving. Yeah, they one of the cool things you're reading about now is that Black Widow, because Black Widow was filmed first. You know, one of the major things that was supposed to happen in Black Widow, they they altered a little bit so that she could be she could be on screen in Falcon Winter Soldier. So she's definitely gonna be in it. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where you're, you're adding these comedic actors that have chops that can bring, you know, her her in particular. Her, you know, stint on Veep. Mm-hmm. She's acidic, but she's also like can be vicious. So oh. she's gonna be one of the great villains in this next uh, round of MCU stuff. But yeah. Loki was great. I love Loki. I'm very excited about where it's headed. I I don't know what Loki we're gonna get that he that we have to hunt down, but few, whatever future Loki it is, I'm very excited about. Yeah. Um. What else? Uh, are you? What else are you? So you watch all the Spider Mans. Yeah, do you have I, a ranking? Do you have a ranking of the Spider-Man movies? We haven't we haven't uh, done that on the I show. Do. I yeah, we didn't do that on the show. Um, possibly like when it comes to movies, I think I think a lot of people have Homecoming, like number one. Okay. A lot of people. I did like Homecoming really well. Like it, I feel like it it mixed an eighties genre with Spider-Man, and yeah, it, it's, it's a it's a it's a John yeah it's a John Hughes. 
take on Spider-Man. And who doesn't love John Hughes? <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, but so you, okay. So you have a homecoming. I, I was like thinking about it cause I was listening to your show. Cause you guys did a really bang up job going through everything and trying to figure out what, you know, what you liked, what you didn't like. You guys had a, a, a newfound appreciation for Spider-Man three, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man three. Yeah. Right? Um, newfound, uh, I think more him than I, um, cause I didn't even finish watching Spider-Man three. Like he was, Spider-Man three is a mess. It's, it's an a absolute mess. mess. It's an absolute mess. I I found a newfound appreciation for the Amazing Spider-Mans. Um, yeah, because there's their chemistry is amazing. Yeah, like I, I, I'm saying amazing, but it, their <laughs> chemistry is really good, and it's enough to propel them. You know, I always wish Garfield had gotten a great villain like Molina or a great villain like you right. know uh, Willem Dafoe. Right. You know what I mean? I wish he had gotten better. Those movies better stuff. Yeah, he yeah. got he got absolutely housed. Like even like even Holland kind of lucked out because who thought who would have thought that Michael Keaton would have been a, a fantastic Spider-Man villain? But you know, it comes out it comes out of nowhere and just like knocks out of the park as Vulture, right? Exactly. Um, That's why I love that movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's nothing better in that movie than the the car scene with him and Peter, just where they both know that they're both mm -hmm. who they are. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Jerry brings this up. The Rhino is terrible. The Rhino is you, terrible. Terrible. You have Paul Giamatti, one of the greatest oh, actors yeah. going, and you actor. waste and you waste him as a, a doing a terrible Russian accent in a mechanized Rhino suit. Awful, Jerry Kimura. Awful. Well, let's, um, let's, go down, let, let's go down like a wormhole of like Paul Giamatti. Like, like what is what are some of your favorite Paul Giamatti? Like. Uh, okay, well, this is a good wormhole. Um, okay, we do tangents on the show pretty well. Uh, he's fantastic in Private Parts. Okay. He's fantastic in John Adams. Okay. Like uh, uh, Pig Vomit in, in Private Parts. He's great as John Adams. Um, I, sideways. Sideways, all right. Middle age. I'm a middle-aged white guy who drinks a little bit too much. So <laughs> it's right up my alley, buddy. You know what I mean? Um, funny. What else? Uh, let's see. My, what, do you, my what, favorite. what do you what do you like? Donnie Brasco. Okay. Uh him and Donnie Brasco when he's trying to figure out the, the forget about it. He's trying to figure out what forget about it is and why they can't forget about it. Um, you know what? Uh, going through, he you know what he has a lot more he has a lot more good than bad. Um yeah. Amer so, American yeah, Americans how about American Splendor? I haven't seen that in a while. But American Splendor, where he's playing Harvey Picar, is mm -hmm. is um, he's astounding in that movie. Uh, let's see what else. He's good in Cinderella. Like he's good in so the funny thing about Paul Giamatti is he's good in almost anything he's in. But you always like, forget that he's in the stuff until like oh yeah until afterwards like oh yeah that's Paul Giamatti. Um, how about he's great in Billions. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. How about, straight out of Compton? Like I was thinking, think I'm going through it right now. Like, that movie. <laughs> yes. Like. I um. Shit. Uh. I told you this is a good wormhole. Like it's, this is a great wormhole. Um. Paul Giamatti does not get a lot of flowers. This is one of the things that I do on the Murphy Money podcast. Is when we talk about movies, we bring up like people that are little known characters that like we're like he's been in everything. How about how about a really underrated action film? How about like shoot 'em up? 
Oh, shoot him up! Isn't that with, um, with Clive Owen? Him and Clive yes. Owen were uh, yes. fighting over fighting over the baby. Yes, I do remember <laughs> that movie. <laughs> that's his. That's his. That is his. Uh, Gary Oldman in the professional <laughs> movie version. <laughs> that is a very nerdy. What we just did right there, Nigel, yeah. is is the height of nerddom right there. We just we tied two really obscure action movies. Not really obscure, but classic. <laughs> A kind of cult action movies together with yeah. two character actors that are well beyond uh, anything a nerd should talk about. Paul Giamatti, the professional. <laughs> He's Leon now. He would have been fantastic. I, I don't doubt him on anything. Like that's that's the funny thing um, about Giamatti. Like I think he's he's one of those actors that just jumps into everything. Actually, you know what? He's one of the only ones that actually stands out in. The awful uh, uh, Planet of the Apes. Uh, Re- that's not, that's not <laughs> no, not not like not the new ones, not the good ones, like not the new remakes, not the reboots. The Mark Wahlberg one. The Mark Wahlberg one. He's the only one that kind of stands out in that one. Everybody else is never watched Mark Wahlberg. One. They, they waste Tim Roth in that goddamn movie for fuck's oh sake. God, I I, um, I do not. But yeah, Giamatti. Giamatti is highly underrated. And he gets ten seconds as the rhino. Get just a waste. Well, and that he, whole he got that whole points. thing, <laughs> that whole thing in the Amazing Spider-Man, where all the all the all the pieces are downstairs for the Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. That's another one of those wasted. Like you had okay. So the first Amazing Spider-Man doesn't hit right. right it, it does right. okay, but it doesn't do great. It's okay. Second one, they the second one they they come out Amazing Spider-Man two. They bring in Jamie Foxx, but they pick a really horrible version of Electro, right? They just a terrible comic book version of Electro. And yeah. they don't give him everything. Like, they don't give him the outfit. They don't give him, like, they make him the blue Electro, which is boring as fuck. Terrible. And then, oh, they're, oh by the way, if you, if you go see more, if you pay a lot of money and see this movie, we mm. will give you the Sinister Six movie you're desperately craving for, as opposed to just going, well, why don't we just we can have Jamie Foxx, he could be Electro, but why don't we bring the Sinister Six in early and just well, they they basically tried to again they, they did the same thing that they did to Spider-Man 3, which was they tried to cram everything in one movie. And it's like, yo, why are you trying to cram all these people in here? Like, okay, you got the green goblin just popping out of nowhere. We didn't even get to Norman Osborne. And we didn't even know Norman Osborne exists, they existed until the second movie. And Harry, you yeah. didn't see Harry till the second. Also, movie. that's a crime. Also, because you know they have a a really good actor playing Norman Osborn, mm-hmm. and it's like, and it's like, why are we wasting? Uh, why are we wasting him? What are you doing? Why are we? Mm-hmm. Why are we wasting him? Why? Why is? Why is he just going to be sick in the background and go? Oh, so much where you just go. What are you doing? What's happening? You know, even Dale DeHaan, they have a really yeah. good Harry Osborne, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they just decide to absolutely waste everything and kind of just, it goes sideways very fast. They shot their load. And then my critique on Jamie Foxx is that he is not a good villain. He, yeah. he doesn't have the voice for it. Like when you think, when you see Jamie Foxx, you're like, that's Jamie Foxx. <laughs> like when you, see Will Smith, when you see Will Smith, you go, "Hey, that's Will Smith." I don't see him as the character he's supposed to be playing. I see Jamie Foxx 
and, 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 Will, and Will Smith. That's fair. That's a fair thing. And that's for a lot of for a lot of stars. That's a lot of what they get by on, right? I mean, right. you know what I mean. Like Tom Cruise really doesn't play villains. You know what I mean? Like so, well, it's one know. of those. It, it, well, you know, who's a villain? Yeah, um, but those are the ones where he's challenging, right? And but that's that flips your thing on the side because he's playing the villain because Jamie Foxx is playing the hero. Because so Jamie like, because Jamie Foxx, Fox, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, you know when you can wave me, trade me, injure me, I'll be worth ten times as much. I'm gonna play my way, steaming, really beaming. <laughs> Yes, you you definitely you definitely you, you can you can guess those anytime you want because you and I can get on tangents. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit more news. So this week, sure. one of the things that came out, uh, James Wan uh, put up a big sign where it was production meeting. James Wan, of course, is the director of the of the Aquaman films. Yep, uh, did did some did some work on the Saw series and a couple other things. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is the name of this movie, right? Yeah. Okay, I here's my, I'm confused. I thought Atlantis was the Lost Kingdom, but apparently we're going to get some other Lost Kingdom, and I don't we're know where we're going. Lost Kingdom. We're getting another Lost Kingdom. Uh, apparently, we're just losing things left and right. You needed some sort of like uh, a phone finder or something to find all these kingdoms. Um, you know what I mean? Like it didn't have the it didn't have the Apple Guard on it to be able to just find <laughs> stuff. Uh, we lost another one. What happened? I don't know. The pillars disappeared. Um, this is East so, Atlantis. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's South Central Atlantis, which is exactly. it just just what happened. Um, yeah. We don't know, uh, but I'm I'm looking at it like so. Aquaman for me is a guilty pleasure movie. It's one of the best DC movies in the sense it is. It's goofy as hell, and it's just it, it wears its heart on its sleeve. Mm -hmm. And Momoa's having a blast, and Patrick right. Wilson was a great was a great uh, ocean master. And I, I loved it. I, I don't hate it. I actually think it's one of like Shazam. The two Shazam. I look at are Shazam and and that are my two favorite recent DC movies. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. But I'm I don't know if we need a sequel. I don't like. I I think we're. I know we're going to get one because Momoa is so good as in the role. I also happen to really love Black Manta. So I'm. Oh, I, I did a scene with him. I don't, I don't know if I told you that. Yeah. No, you didn't. Oh uh, yeah, I did. Um, I did the get down on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, where uh, uh, Abdul Mateen, uh, Yaya is his first name. So Yaya Abdul Mateen uh played the role of Cadillac in the get down. Okay. okay. And, and I was one of the guys that got to rough him up a little bit. Oh, nice. So <laughs> you got to rough up Black Manta. That's that's yeah, great. Yeah. That's yeah, that's I amazing. Got, I folded my arms. You know, I got my guys to <laughs> beat him up a little bit. You know. Well, and that's that's something that that's something you get to tell grandkids and kids. Just yeah. so you know, Grandpa Grandpa did rough up Black Manta. Just, I mean, he's an amazing actor. Like he comes from Yale uh, School of Drama. Um, he's like like his his friends were Winston Duke from um, from, uh, from Black. Uh, okay, and um, what's what's the other one? Uh, the one that was in Twenty Years a Slave. Uh, the woman. Oh, uh, geez, you're throwing it at me. Hold on. Okay. I'll Jesus get you. I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you. Hold on. Star Wars as well. And us. And us. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I'm, I'm dying on this. Hold on. An actress that we're looking for. 
<laughs> oh, it's um the terrible the terrible thing when your computer doesn't work. Just awful. Um so it was we're blanking on this lazy. We are blanking blanking in a terrible way. So much uh, so much dead air. No, not a lot of dead air. It, this is what happens. We we try to find stuff. We try to find answers to questions that we we didn't know we were going to ask. Her name so, is Lupita Nyong'o. Oh, Nyong'o. Okay, okay, that makes sense. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's, a lot, there's all... a lot of vowels there. We got we got confused, Nigel. Yeah, I didn't want to screw up her name. I was like, ah, they all. But yeah, like so watch... Oscar. Yeah, she's an Oscar winner. We got to be careful. Oscar, yeah, to watch her work, uh, to watch him work uh, on that set. That was like his first acting gig, and to see him now get all these like. Uh, things that like movies at the movies. Like I can't wait till Candyman comes out with him. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So do you know? Okay. So this is an interesting show, a sideshow about the show. Okay. Paul, Paul Spratt hates the original Candyman. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, it's a mistake. It's it's he's wrong. He's okay. clearly wrong. Um, Candyman. So we had we had a we had a bunch of things. Tony Todd. Yeah, Tony Todd. But we had a bunch of things during the horror movie season where uh, October where we did. Okay. All the great horror movies, and Paul saw Candyman for the first time and said, "I don't see it. I don't get it. I I don't love it. I I think it's boring." And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, so we had a huge fight about it, and it, I'm like, it's one of the greatest single just side movies ever made. Like, it's one of the greatest horror movies ever made. I have, I have to be honest with you. I have to watch Candyman because growing up, I was afraid of that movie. <laughs> It's oh. one of the most terrifying movies. It's, it's, the movie it's scary. I've never seen it. Uh, it's, 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 it is a terrifying movie. And one of the things, the great things about it, when you see it, one of my favorite things about it, first off, Tony Todd is great. And Tony yeah. Todd should be Tony in Todd everything. Great, right. He should be great in, in anything you want to put him in, he should be in. Right. Um, but what's great about it is it plays into this whole subset of whispers and urban legends. And right. just, it, it melds them all together. So if you if you're a kid that's growing up in inner city New York or anywhere like it is a terrifying bit, yeah. And then they tie it into like they tie it into different crime that happens in the movie. It is really terrifying, really well done. And then uh, mm -hmm. Virginia Madsen, who is one of my uh, from growing up, just a crush person that I was, you know, every every person my age was at some point fell in love with a Virginia Madsen movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, what the hot spot? Whatever you want to, whatever movie you want to. Who was your Phoebe Cates at the time? Right? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, Phoebe Cates is always Phoebe Cates, but okay, there you go. She's also part of that whole like whatever. Uh, Mine you know, was Winnie uh, Cooper. Who was that? Winnie Cooper. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Dan, uh, Danica McKellar. Yeah. Do you know she's? Do you know she's a genius? Do you know she's a Did math? Not genius? Know that. Did not. Yeah, know look that. her. Look her up. Google her. She is a. She is a math genius. Oh, wow. So she, when she left the Wonder Years and, and didn't act in a bunch of different things, mm. the reason was because she took her Wonder Years money and went to college and learned how to like do you know Pythagoras theorem better than we do. Is there so, a documentary on this? Like 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 I don't I don't know, but I I I I, she, <laughs> I, I know she's done interviews. I know oh, she's done right. interviews where she's basically talked about how I walked away from acting and kind of just. I fell into mathematics and it was like, cause, cause like, it's cause you weird. don't see a lot of math whizzes that, that are, that were on the wonder years. You know what I mean? Like eighties <laughs> phenoms don't necessarily go, Hey, what are you doing now? I'm, I'm solving quadratic equations in the back. Now, 
to be fair, we do have Blossom. Well, yes. And if we're also being fair, uh, she should be the new host of Jeopardy to be. Uh, she I really should. I, don't really know. Good. I didn't see her. I, I want LeVar Burton. She's fantastic. Oh, LeVar Burton was really good, too. But yeah. if it's not between those two, if somebody else comes out of it, like if it, I, I don't like, I know Aaron Rodgers is really trying to play the Packers. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't want that. But if it happens, but whatever. But uh, since we went down this tangent, but Aquaman and Lost Kingdom, I'm not sure on the title. I don't, I, I trust them. But I also like know that DC every once in a while goes, they hiccup. Like every once, you know, they have something really good. And then they make like I don't know Wonder Woman 1984 and and everything kind of. I don't goes. like I don't like the 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 names of these movies that they give them. Like, like I didn't understand Wonder Woman 1984. Like it should have been it should be Aquaman to Electric Boogaloo. Like <laughs> it works so well. <laughs> Aquaman to it, it you know it should have been to. Aquaman 2 Electric Eel Boogaloo would have... Yeah, that'll work, too. That, that's what I'm that's saying. Somewhere, work, somewhere we, we play off of it. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, but Aquaman and Lost Kingdom, I don't... I'm Again, I'm I'm already confused, mainly because I'm a person that knows a lot about old stories. Lost Kingdom has always been Atlantis, so now we're going to do another Lost Kingdom. That just confused the hell out of people, and they're like, I thought Atlantis was the Lost Kingdom. Mother, you know, it's just... It's already confusing. Whereas Black Widow is just Black Widow. Yeah, Mar Avengers Endgame. It's we know it's the end. You know what I mean? Like they make it easy. Yeah. Um. You know Thor Ragnarok. Guess what's gonna happen? Ragnarok's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um. Okay. One other thing. Uh. Since you are a person of the '80s, you you do have some sort. Are you a Fletch fan? I this show. I me personally. Okay. And this show is a Fletch show. We wear pro Fletch. Oh. We, I, I, I like. I don't like every Chevy Chase thing, but Fletch okay. is one of the ones where I go. That is him at his finest. The movie is well written. You know what I mean? Like it's a great crime noir movie, mm. as well as a really good Chevy Chase comedy. Is that the and one where he was a basketball player? That's the one where he has the dream about being a Laker. Yes. Okay, that was the first one or the second one? That's no the second one. The second one's not as good. Fletch lives is definitely not as good as the original. First, first one he definitely, first one he definitely has uh, dreams of playing with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, and wearing Magic's number. That's mm. how old. That's how old Fletch is. But Fletch was one of those movies. Uh, it's it's a highly coveted comedy from the right. '80s, right? Mm. And it's always they're always talking about rebooting it. They're always every four or five years, somebody comes out like. Like five years ago, it was Kevin Smith, mm. and it was gonna be it was gonna be uh, one of the one of the uh, the uh, askew um, askew viewverse movies. Yeah, yes. I got you. All right, so every five years they announce that there's there's gonna be a Fletch reboot. Jason every, Fletch. <laughs> it wasn't Muse. It wasn't Muse. It was um. It wasn't Muse. It was uh. Hold on. It was. What's that? That other kid? That no, it was. It wasn't Muse. It was. Hold on. It was Josh it, Hartnett. It was no, it wasn't Hartnett. Um, no, it was it wasn't Muse. It was hold on, Jason Lee. Oh my god. Yeah, Jason Lee. So Mall Rats chasing Amy. Yeah, no. Uh, so so now they've apparently there's they've started it. Okay. Um there's a there's a there's a picture on 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 uh Twitter. It's a script called Confess Fletch, 
which is based on one of the books uh, by Gregory McDonald. So it's an actual, like it's based on a book. It's mm -hmm. Gregory Matola directing. So Greg Matola, who directed um, Superbad, Adventureland. So okay. these are these are pretty good movies. And the person they picked for Fletch is John Hamm, which I I at first I was like taken aback because I I don't view Fletch as somebody that that is good looking. Right. I don't view him like, and I don't necessarily view Fletch. I don't necessarily view John Hamm as a comic actor, but. He, he is can funny. Be funny. He can yes, that's that's so I'm like I'm looking at it going pretty funny director, super bad and Adventureland are pretty good, right? I Where, and they kind of Adventureland's really good. Um it's is it's it? highly underrated. Yeah, it's uh you know it's Jesse Eisenberg, Kristen Stewart. Oh yeah. Um, I, I didn't it, watch it. It is I, uh I used to work it is one of those movies. Oh, did okay. Yeah, it I, is one of those movies that is like uh, Bill Hader's really good in it. Uh, okay. Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig, they play background characters that are that are not essential to the movie, but they're they're kind of hilarious as the people running right. the the theme park. Um, but it's like it's it is a traditionally like it, for me, it's one of those uh, super white coming of age movies. I have to. So there's no. Yeah. There's no like, there's no people of color in it. There's no like, oh, it is like, like it, 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 just around the edges. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's one of those movies where I just look at it and I go, okay, um, it's good, but it's it's not great. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it but it's okay. Um, but super bad. Right. I like that. I the thing with Adventureland was that um, I the guys that wrote Adventureland uh used to work there in the '80s. And they they used to work at the one in New York, and they they filmed it in uh, Pennsylvania some, somewhere. I forget where, but um, it was all about the summer of '88, and I was like, all right, well, I already lived like the, my eventually. I live this. I don't need this. I don't need to watch it. <laughs> no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So Fletch, we're talking about Fletch. Yeah. We're, yeah. We yeah. We're tan we're a tangent show, Nigel. Okay. Don't worry I'm about sorry. it. My, my mind runs in so many different directions. But yeah, so I'm I'm looking at it going. I like the director. Mm -hmm. Ham is an unusual choice, but I feel like he can pull the comedy off, and he can pull the action off, and he can pull the drama off. So I'm like, all of a sudden, and then I see a shooting script on on Twitter, and I'm like, this could happen, and maybe it's actually going to happen, and could it be good? Like, is it is it <laughs> is it feasible? To take one of the '80s most loved comedy, like obscure comedies, like mm. it's one of those movies that comics love. Like comic people go, and there's a nothing a part of Fletch that doesn't work, right? Right. In the Chevy Chase oeuvre, that's one of the only movies where it's he's absolutely perfect in it. Everything works. He has like all the ridiculous scenes with all the different actors, and, and it just everything clicks, right? All the stupid, right. the stupid gimmicks, and it. Um, and I just look at it and I go, maybe it could work. Maybe it I don't know. I've I never don't, I, I, I to be honest with you, like I don't remember Fletch that well. So okay. like, I don't know if if like it wouldn't bother me if it worked or if it didn't work. Uh but like when they try to remake uh National Lampoon uh vacation, like I was like, Ugh, I didn't like that one. That helps. No, it's terrible. Well, that's what I mean. Like we there are a bunch of 80s movies that they're all of them are, are getting uh, like a reboot. Even like as somebody who runs a Murphy podcast, you know that there was in development, there was a Beverly Hills cop sequel. Yeah. 
that Star- that was that was going to be a show and also going to be like whatever. Yeah, the show where- got canceled. Uh, but the the movie is supposed to be coming out on Netflix. But because of what happened with uh, Coming to America, um, it might might or might not happen. We don't. We still don't know. Yeah. Um, did you hate the Coming to America sequel or did you like? I it? did not hate it. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I, I didn't hate it either. I think one of the things with the coming of America sequel quickly, because you're like a new toy for me. So I get to ask all kinds of questions about so you. So have me on again. Oh, I will. I will definitely have you on. If you'll, if you'll, if you'll come back and you're yeah, not, sure. I, I know early on, you're like, this guy's sending me a lot of messages. He must be a pain in the ass. You I'm said not. like 10 minutes before I want spontaneous, Nigel. I want spontaneous. Gotcha. Um, okay. So, the coming America sequel really quick. Didn't hate it. I also didn't love it. So it was like one of those, like, this is good. This is about as good as we can expect 20 years after the fact. Yeah. Right. This, that's what I went. That's how I felt about it. Like, I was like, there are funny sequences. Uh, the characters have grown, you know, like they've gotten older. I'm like, it was like being, it was like seeing old friends that you hadn't seen in a while. Exactly. You know and what I, I mean? Like, I love how we started getting on this because it brings us to another thing about, bad sequels um, yes you know yes. I'm, I'm good with transitions so don't worry about me i i like you i, I love it Nigel. <laughs> but but what happens is and i said this on another podcast when we we're talking about coming to america there hasn't been that many movies that had that much gap of uh between the original and the sequel that have yes. actually worked and i i mentioned them zoolander 2 dumb and dumber 2 yes uh, you know, like there's so many different movies. I, that, like I'd add a couple to. You. I'll give you a couple more for you, for your, for your, yeah, for your. Uh, well, no, but I'll add, a, I'll add a couple more movies that did work. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Sleep works, a sequel to Shining. Okay. But again, that's 20 years after the fact, right? 30 years after the fact. 30 years, yeah. Um, Blade Runner 2049. I just rewatched this week. Blade Runner 2049 really works. Like it, it's. I, I, I still like Blade Runner better than Blade. Well, Runner. yeah, no, no, that 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 goes without saying. But yeah. Blade Runner twenty forty nine as a sequel, right? Twenty years after the fact, or 40, 30 years after the fact, right? Works. <laughs> so, um, right. but yeah, bad sequels. Uh, so our list starts with mm-hmm. we had a lot on on the list. Um, there was a decent amount, and some people bad got boys for life. But no, no, Bad Boys for Life wasn't bad. I, I didn't think Bad Boys for Life it was bad. bad. It wasn't bad. No, no, it wasn't bad. It was good. Again, uh, that is very much like Coming to America too. Yeah. What do you expect? What can you What can you get out of this? I just want to see my old friends again. Is essentially okay. So, uh, some movies that didn't make the top ten. Let's do this first. Mm-hmm. So, uh, movies that didn't make the top ten, but were bad, considered bad sequels. Rise of Skywalker, Wonder Woman eighty four. Coming to America got some votes. Beverly Hills Cop 3 got some votes. Well, there's a uh, reason why Beverly Hills Cop 3 came out the way it did, but I, I won't I'll say that for another podcast. I got you. Uh Jaws 3 got some votes. Okay. Jaws, Jaws the Revenge got some votes. Okay. Uh Star Wars The Last Jedi got some votes, which is absolutely wrong. Uh <laughs> Teen Wolf 2, uh Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, uh Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Superman 4, Exorcist 2, Highlander 2 got all okay. got votes. Number five, though, on our list, our top five that, that goes in our group uh, that gets voted on by the uh, loud and nerdy public, mm-hmm. uh, Blues Brothers 2000. Yeah, that was that was pretty. What bad. an abysmal movie, an That's absolute abysmal movie. And the and the, one of the key uh, selling points of what exactly one actor can possibly make for a film. Right. 
So well, this is a small tangent, but I will say this. I think that Dan Aykroyd is very overrated. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think that I think that and and this is why I say that. Um, because again, I do a Murphy Monday, I do a Eddie Murphy podcast, and a lot of people when you say Eddie Murphy, they talk about oh he was good in the 80s, but you know, in 90s and 2000s, it wasn't as great. Well, here's the thing: we still have Dan Aykroyd that's still doing movies, we still have a lot of people that have 40-year careers, just like Eddie Murphy does, and we never talk about their bad movies, but every time you bring up Eddie Murphy, it comes Udo Nash. Or or Doctor Doolittle, or and Nor then, and then, well, or I don't know Doctor Doolittle. I I wouldn't say Pluto Pluto Nash is Pluto Nash is up there, but I right. would also say Norbert Norbert is one of, right. Norbert is one of the ones where you just but nobody brings up uh, Dan Aykroyd's bad movies. Oh and yeah, no, I agree with that. That's fair. It's a fair. It's a fair assessment. Right. Can, can I ask you a question? Do you think it's a, honestly? Do you think it's a racial thing? Um, no, yes and no. Um, I think it's an obscurity thing. I think part of it. Part of it, because I and I'm going to say this with all due respect to Dan Aykroyd, I don't think Dan Aykroyd's as important as Eddie Murphy is. He's not, but I so think that's that's why I think it, it he, because. Um, but it's the same thing when like you know we, who who are the greats, right? We talk Steve Martin, we talk Bill Murray, we talk whoever, but nobody ever puts Eddie Murphy in that same sentence. And they always say, well, Eddie Murphy wasn't was good in the '80s, but after the '90s and 2000s, if we look at Steve Martin and Bill Murray's movies in the '90s and the 2000s, like there's larger than life. There's there's Garfield Tale of Two Kitties. There's Mixed Nuts. There's Sergeant Bilko. There's Bringing Down the House. It's interesting. This is a really interesting thing. Um, I, I I love that. I love that take. Yeah. I I think um I think you're I think you're right. I think some people do get passes. Yeah. I, and I think Ackroyd's probably one of them. But I also think for like every like like the thing about Murphy that is kind of. I, first off, I think people want Murphy to work more, right? I think people right. want to see him more, right? They do what they don't, right? They, they do what they, they don't. They're like, they, oh. don't, they don't want him. To, they don't want him to fail, is what. And the thing is, if you don't take chances in, at comedy, like exactly, uh, like if you don't do uh, Dolomite is my name, right? right. You, don't, you don't take that chance of, of of picking an obscure person from from black exploitation films and and knocking it out of the fucking park, exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? If you don't take that chance, uh, I would say Murray's Murray's an interesting case because Murray does get a pass for a lot of stuff. But Murray also every once in, he produces right at a high, at like so like for for larger than life you can throw out Lawson the, the man who knew too little. too little. Yeah, okay, that's a good one. But I would the two I would throw back at you would be Lost in Translation and Rushmore. Right. You know what I mean? Like so he. The I think average, I think the average. The average no, the average. You're right. Yeah, it's the same but as Eddie Murphy. It's it's very it's very similar. Uh, because if you, if you say, but if you say something like, if you go to something like, okay, the eighties, but then in the nineties, you have movies like Nutty Professor. You have movies like, oh yeah, no, I I I think you're absolutely right. I think there's probably a double a double standard. I think I think one of the things about Ackroyd that that is a, a you know is kind of obscene in the sense. Blues Brothers 2000 is such a bad movie, and it's it just a bad movie. it doesn't work. And it's and it, you try to throw different people into, John you know, and you, yeah, you you try to throw John Goodman in, you try to throw all these people, and and you're looking at it going, and Joe oh Morton is in there. Joe Morton is in that movie, and he's such a good actor, and he's horrible in this movie. 
Yeah, well, everybody's horrible, and it's one of those sequels that you go, "Why? Okay, why did you do this?" Um, uh, oh wait, a little bit of a little bit of pre a little bit of pre showing here. Jerry Kimura, that's like trying to place Rodney and Caddyshack. Exactly. Hold on, Jerry. Hold on, Jerry. We'll get there. Oh. We'll get. There. Oh, we didn't we'll get, get there. there. Let's, let's we didn't going. get there yet. We didn't get there yet. Okay, right. so the number 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 four on our list is Speed Two Cruise Control. <laughs> uh, and this is a this is a horrible movie, but it's 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 one of those movies that you look at and you go, "How the fuck did this get made? How how like when Why? they sat down in a room and went, hey, you know what we're gonna do? We had that huge hit like two years back, Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, chemistry off the charts. We had a really good villain. We had a, a super killer plot. What was the plot? Oh, it was just it was just a bomb on a bus." Goes under fifty, it blows up, kills a lot of people. You, you know right. what happened, right? I, tell me, talk. They gave they gave out they gave the script out and said, "Stay on or get off." Stay on <laughs> or get off. <laughs> <laughs> but, and 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 this is one of those things. Jason Patrick is a very good actor, but he is he has none of the charisma of a, a Keanu Reeves. Mm. And then the plot is on a a cruise ship, Speed. which is like the idea that you have a thing on a speed on a cruise ship, which are the slowest fucking things going, Nigel. Listen, it's, they it's, had a movie. It's called, obscene. There was a movie called Under Siege, which was on a submarine, but then the second one was on a train. Yes, Dark Territory. Under Siege <laughs> 2, Dark Territory. Off of the, again, could have made those lists. But Speed 2 Cruise Control fails because it's it's on a boat. It's uh, but here's the thing, it's one of those sequels where everything was back except for the thing that made the original special. And again, you look at these two sequels that we just talked about: Blues Brothers 2000, Speed Two Cruise Control. What is the missing ingredient? The missing ingredient is the star. Mm-hmm. The missing ingredient is John Belushi. The missing ingredient is Keanu Reeves. Like you're making a sequel without the person that caused the amazing thing to happen in the original movie. You're right. What the fuck are you doing? Um, and that's, that's why it's an abject failure. So mm-hmm. now we get to another, another one where again, what, what's the missing piece? Number three on the list is Caddyshack two, which never, is, you've never seen it. I've never oh, seen consider two. yourself so lucky, Nigel. Caddyshack two is an abomination. Considering Caddyshack is what it is, um, Caddyshack Two is just—it is wait, bad. Isn't isn't um what's Caddy- his name is in there? Um, the ugly guy, Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid's in it. Jackie yeah, Mason. Bad movie. Jackie May- Jackie- <laughs> bad movie. Well, yeah, but you can't say it because Christmas Vacation is a really good movie. So okay. it, it's one of the. But Jackie Mason's in it. Uh, Robert Stack's in it. Your boy Dan Aykroyd's in it. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, no, hey, maybe we could do we could do a whole th- a whole podcast just about look the, at Dan, Dan the Dan Aykroyd effect. The Dan Aykroyd effect. I will, I will do a podcast strictly clowning Dan Aykroyd <laughs> in all of his movies. Doctor Detroit. Um, what's the other one when he was with um Tupac? Uh, what's the movie? <laughs> I can't think. Tupac. Of it. Yeah, Wait, Tupac. There's a movie with um. It's not Tupac, but there's a movie with uh, Dan Aykroyd's in it, John Candy, Chevy Chase. 
Um, uh, Demi Moore, I believe, is in it. Oh wait a second! I I'm 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 a Dan Aykroyd person, and I yeah I don't hate him, but I hold on. So wait, it what movie? Ninety one. Ninety one, huh? Yeah. Okay, give me a second. Two. We Two, well, Digital Underground's in the movie, but Tupac. Oh, nothing but trouble. You're talking about yeah, nothing but trouble. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about nothing. nothing uh, well, actually, Digital Underground, yeah, Humpty. Rest in peace. May rest in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so uh, Caddyshack 2 um, is one of those movies where you look at it and you go, again, uh, what's the key missing ingredient? What made Caddyshack special? Caddyshack was special because, and again, for some people, it was... It was well, Chevy Chase. For some people, it was Bill Murray. For some people, it was Ted Knight. Uh, uh, very underrated. And, or and Dangerfield. I don't know if you heard I, ever yeah, heard the story. Dangerfield, but- yes. Dangerfield is the, is the one I'm going for here. Yeah. Where you, where you look at and you go, if you don't have Rodney Dangerfield and you replace it with Jackie Mason, um, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, what is what is going on in your head that, and again, that you think you can replace Bill Murray and you think you can replace Rodney Dangerfield with uh, Jackie Mason. Like, so, and again, what you're seeing in this trend in the sequels is they're going back to the well, but they're going back to the well to collect water without a bucket is, is, right. is essentially what it is. Like they're going back going, Hey, um, we want the exact same replication of what happened without using any of the, the chemical agents. It's like going into it. It's like going into a chemistry lab, trying to make acid, and instead, like using you know uh, all non-acidic things. Right. So, uh, Caddyshack Two is is three. Now, we have a rare occurrence. It, it's not rare. We actually have a lot of ties, but we have a rare occurrence in that uh, for our top five worst movie sequels, we have a one and a two, a one and a one A. So there's two movies that are in 14 votes apiece, and they're both steaming piles of crap. Okay. Um, we, and, but I, here's the thing. We also vote in our polls and I couldn't have Rob Zombie's Halloween two winning anything. <laughs> I don't even want it. I don't even want it winning top worst sequel. Uh, uh cause here's something you're going to learn about me, Nigel. If we do more shows together or if we ever do anything else together, I hate Rob Zombie Halloween movies Ooh. with a passion of seven burning suns. <laughs> um, and so what I would say to you is, um, I voted today for Batman and Robin just so it could tie. Mm. Just so it could. I, I swung the vote. I cheated a little bit. It was, uh, you know, there was the vote counting machines in Georgia. Whatever it was, <laughs> I found a way for Rob Zombie two to not win. Mm. Um, and uh, and uh, people can call it conspiracy. They can do what I want. They can do whatever you want. They can call it JW on whatever whatever you want to do. Right. I made sure that, that that even in the top five worst sequels, Rob Zombie didn't win. Um, so let's talk about Batman and Robin first. Batman yeah. Robin is a train wreck from start to finish. It mm-hmm. is a terrible movie, and it also has the worst casting choices in the history of film. With they were hot Arnold at the Schwarzenegger. time. They were hot at the time. Well, they, they were super hot, but but okay. So in my dream world, uh, Mr. Freeze is played by Patrick Stewart. So. Uh, you know, Patrick Stewart uh, rocking the Star Trek The Next Generation money comes in and he plays uh, Mr. Freeze. The You could almost have the exact same script. Mm. 
But as long as you don't have Schwarzenegger butchering the English language as Mr. Freeze, maybe it works. Also, Patrick Stewart and little funny buzzy slippers, hilarious, right? Like, because there's a whole sequence where he's in his hench house, right. hanging out with all the henchmen, and he's wearing, like, ridiculous slippers, and it's supposed to be funny. Um, but Batman and Robin is terrible. It's not only terrible because of the villains, because they waste Bane. Um, waste Bane. Emma, Uma Thurman is abysmal as Poison Ivy, which is a poorly written Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. Um, all about all about being the sex pop Poison Ivy. But then you have the awful Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl. You also have the terrible turn by George Clooney as Batman, where you just like Uma Thurman was Uma Thurman was was Poison Ivy, not not Drew Barrymore. No, I said Uma Thurman. I said Uma Thurman. Yeah, and then Alicia Silverstone is Batgirl, which was also terrible. There's Mm -hmm. not a moment in this movie where it it works, where it's it's good, where it's not candy-coated and awful. And it's just it's a terrible movie. And it's one of the worst Batman movies ever made. Probably the worst, actually. I would have Um, to agree. (laughs) (laughs) But that being said, I could not let it lose... To Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, because wow. Uh, first off, I'm not a Rob Zombie fan, obviously. Um, and uh, Halloween 2 is the terrible one where we watch uh, his terribly conceived Michael Myers run around the town and basically um, just awful, just terrible <laughs> and just bad. And, you know, white horses and all kinds of strange shit and no concept of what the character is. And it's just a terrible, you know, it's funny, horrible movie. My co-host from the Jump Cut loves the Rob Zombie Halloween movie. Oh, my God. We can have a chat. I can have a chat with him anytime you want, Nigel. I will. I'll take him down a peg. He's super young. So, like, that's right up his alley. They are. You. Well, I, I would love to have a chat with him sometime because I will I will take him down a peg because just so one of the things when, you know, and this is a Rob Zombie story, people have heard it, I've told it before. One of the things I look back on when they were talking about Rob Zombie making Halloween and, and they just announced Rob Zombie is going to be doing the monsters, which we talked about last week. Oh, my God. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, uh, of course, the wife playing Lily. So it's like, uh, you know, as long as as long as he's making movies, his wife gets roles. Um Nepotism at its finest. Yeah. Uh, is she? Does she deserve to be Lily? No. No, not at all. But we're gonna we're gonna give the role. Um. But anyway, Rob Zombie was talking about the characters. He talked about loving the original John Carpenter Halloween, which is one of arguably one of my favorite ha- uh, horror movies of all time. Okay. And basically, he talked about understanding Michael, understanding you know the shape, understanding the idea that Michael is a vessel of evil, and the idea that Michael, the the the, the soul behind Michael is that he's a corrupted soul, right? That. Mm-hmm the supernatural aspects of Michael come in that somehow he's been filled to the brim with evil. And that's right. he decides to break out and lash out on Halloween. You know, he kills his sister. Then he goes and, you know, does all the things, the babysitters in the, in the 78, you know, 78 original. And I read an interview and I was like, Oh my God, this might actually be really good. I don't like the idea of them remaking Halloween, but I understand it. And I know Rob Zombie's like, he's hip because of devil's re- rejects and because of house of a thousand corpses, he's hip. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we got there and I'm like, you make Michael into an alcohol, like his mother's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Mommy's a stripper. Daddy's an alcoholic. Sister's a slut. He kills animals. 
you make him, you take all the stuff that makes Michael special as a character and mm -hmm. you take it all away and you strip it away and you make him serial killer of the week. You make him boring. And then you put a big lug in a mask. And, and while Tyler Maine is great, played Sabretooth in the X-Men movies, super fantastic, huge, right? Right. You know, intimidating as Michael with a different kind of mask and everything. I just, I hated the idea that they made Michael. And actually, mm -hmm. when you talk to your co-host, that's not the worst part about it. The worst part about it is what he did to Loomis. Loomis right. is one of the great white hunters from movies, right? He's hunting the villain. He's He goes into a town. Nobody believes him. It's like, we got to find this guy. We got to stop him. Donald Pleasance plays it to the hilt. And, and, and in the zombie version, what do they do? They butcher it. They make him into a narcissistic author who, by the way, just so we're clear, for, for script's sake, decides to move his most prized possession patient on the exact anniversary of his date while he's wearing all kinds of masks <laughs> and just lets him out. You know what I mean? Like, And it's just like... Uh, it's one of the more frustrating movies, and the sequel is even worse because they try to do they try to do something with that was tied into the original movies, where mm. the evil can pass from one one generation to the next by touching by the touch, like that happens to the little girl in the originals, and it's just an abysmal movie. It has a horse, and it has, uh, you know, his now, wife. Here's, here's the question: Is it worse sure. season of the witch? Okay, so this is an interesting thing, Nigel, you're bringing up. I am a Season of the Witch fan. Ooh. I am a, I am a, I am a, okay, hear me out. I've never met, I've never met one, so. Really? Okay, so I'm, I'm like a unicorn. I'm like a unicorn with my Freddy versus Jason shirt and my Star Wars toys behind me. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to, I'll defend Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch, as long as it doesn't have the title Halloween 3 on it, mm -hmm. everybody goes crazy. Everybody's happy. Right, right. Everybody's super happy. Mm -hmm. You put Halloween three on it. It has a it has a certain a certain requirement that it needs to be great. Right. And and Jerry agrees with me. Jerry has a very large collection of horror films. Um, oh. It is a great standalone movie. Mm -hmm. But the moment you slap Halloween three on it, and actually you go by what what um, Carpenter was originally doing. Carpenter never envisioned the Halloween series to be Michael Myers series. He envisioned it to be a series of standalone movies about the holiday. Mm -hmm. So when Halloween three hits and it has nothing to do with it, I argue, I would argue, have you watched it recently? Have you seen it recently? I it recently no. It holds up and it's scary as fuck. And it has a great hook. The, mm -hmm. the mask thing is great. The silver shamrock thing. Fantastic. I'll tell you how popular the movie has become down here at Halloween horror nights. Last year, they are the pandemic. They were selling the the silver shamrock masks. Oh wow! So it is it is coming back, and it is one of the movies where, uh, you know, it's got it. It is an underrated. I would argue it's an underrated movie. And actually, if it didn't have the Halloween title on it with three in the title, nobody would hate it. Everybody would kind of like, kind of enjoy it. Actually, um, I love how everyone says Halloween three is a great movie and they agree with you. But nobody agreed with me when I said Dan Aykroyd was overrated. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> uh, well, they're just getting to know you. Um, Todd, the, the person, the, the thing you want to watch Halloween three. Um, what I would also say again, they just did a, a giant Blu-ray okay. from Scream Factory. So it's it's coming back. Okay. It is. 
Uh, you know, it's Tom Atkins is in it, who's, uh, you know, a highly underrated uh, actor from the 80s and also, you know, Night of the Creeps and a bunch of movies there. Mm -hmm. Dan O'Hurley, who is also in it, he plays the, the head of the the mask company. Okay. And and uh, he plays the head of the mask company. He was also Grig in The Last Starfighter. So it okay. there's all kinds of wacky little things about Halloween 3. But, uh, I okay, so not everybody agrees. Um, Jasper, Jasper within it, it sucks. I want to get all the use. Oh, okay. I agree though. I think I actually disagree with Jasper on this one, but it is one of the movies for me where I, if it didn't have the Halloween three on it, it was just called season of the witch. And it was about this company that was selling masks that were going to kill kids on mass. I think we'd love it a little bit more. I think we'd like it as like this cult movie. A plus it has weird robots in it. And, and the plan itself is creepy, Nigel. The idea that we're going to sell all these masks and then everybody's going to sit in front of a television, especially during a pandemic, right? Where, that we just got through, where everybody's in front of the television. We're going to send out a giant subliminal thing that causes things to flip out and kill a bunch of people. That's Telling scary. me that does, that might not... That, yeah, it's scary, right? Okay. <laughs> um, but, okay, so Halloween 2 is number one on our list, along with Batman and Robin. Right. These are good things. Other things that made the list, aside from the other ones we talked about, mm -hmm. Son of the Mask, Rocky Five, mm -hmm. Home Alone 3 and 4, I agree. Lethal Weapon 4, Okay. Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, Okay. Uh, Shock Treatment. <laughs> we have a lot of... Uh, um, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, uh, somebody put Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I disagree with that because I think it's highly underrated. Um, Jason X, also I disagree with because Jason X is... Jason in space? Jason in space is ridiculous but fun. Um, <laughs> uh, so, okay. So that's... That is our top five. Uh, we are going to do next week for top five. Um, I haven't talked it over Paul, but I think we're going to do it. We're going to do the top five... I, I don't know how to say it, but I think we're going to do top five Americana movies as we prepare for the July 4th holiday with people marching towards uh, getting back. What was that? Merck. Yeah. Merck. Well, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I would uh, like, I'd like things that actually may bring us all together. Like I'm thinking like independence day, Nigel, where everybody yeah. kind of, where the world kind of comes together and decides they're going to kill aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Amer it but it's, it's work. got an Americana vibe to it. You know what it I mean? It does. Cause America likes to get together and kill things. So yeah, that's what that we're, we're good at that. We try to down to this country on that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's as American as apple pie, Nigel. <laughs> um, you know, so anyway, uh, I think we're going to do that. Okay. Uh, so Americana films, something where, you, you know, if you want to pick saving private Ryan, you want to pick, uh, you want to pick, um, Independence Day. You want to pick something that's that's got. If you like the Patriot, if you're not uh, upset with Mel Gibson, still, whatever you want to pick. Uh, you know, and, but we should be upset with Mel Gibson. There's somebody you're talking about. Uh, Eddie Murphy not getting any breaks. Mel Gibson. How is he still working, Nigel? I I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 don't. I look at that and I go, I know he's talented, and I know Jodie Foster really likes him. But yeah. why is why is he still okay? But that's just another thing. Yeah, that's Deep another story for another day. Another story for another day. Uh, we're gonna do that next week. I do need to announce a couple of things. We have a uh, we have a big thing for the badass tournament. First announcement: Hermione Granger. Okay, so we we're doing a tournament, Nigel. I know you don't know about this because mm -hmm. you're just co-hosting with us tonight. But again, I hope I hope you you would like to come back at some point. I would. Yeah. Uh, I, I I hope we I hope I haven't bombarded you with like idiocy. No. 
but but I feel like you and I get along and we could have we could have all kinds of talks. I was thinking about it, like I was thinking about it, like you're doing Eddie Murphy, the Murphy Monday podcast. Mm-hmm. I could do like the Harrison Ford Thursday podcast where we just go and look at Harrison Ford movies. That'd, from, be, like, awesome. that'd be incredible. Um, I got this, I got the idea from a um podcast called Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period. And then that's all that's all very true. That's a very true yeah. statement. And then there There's was nothing- Called Hanks for the memories about Tom Hanks. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's I, w- I was thinking like um I was thinking about Ford because I'm I'm enamored with Ford, even like even like in stuff with people that haven't seen like right Mosquito Coast. You know, yeah. like you bring up Mosquito Coast, everybody's like, What the fuck are you talking about? That that Jason Thoreau thing was on like Apple last week. Yeah. No, no, I'm talking about the Harrison Ford movie from the 80s where he was like super schizo. Yeah. Um amazing. Uh, but you've you've kind of inspired me to actually think about that. Uh, but I appreciate that because I was looking at your podcast and. Um, but so if I would say if I would say to you we have a, we're doing a badass tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, what we've done is we've done badass movies, badass television, male and female mm-hmm. categories, and then what we've done is Paul and I have done a draft where we've picked and pitted them against each other every week. So this week we had Hermione Granger, mm-hmm. who has made it a long way further than anybody expected. Uh, going up against Jessica Jones from the Marvel Marvel shows on oh, Netflix. Okay. Okay. Um, and so Hermione has been for me. I I picked Hermione at some point. Hermione has thus far taken out Brian Mills from the Taken movies. Okay. And now I am proud to announce that Hermione has taken out Jessica Jones. Ooh. So she has made it into the third round, which includes characters left. And yeah, crazy. The characters left in the third round are uh, the Bride, Black Widow, mm-hmm. Han Solo, Indiana Jones, and now Hermione Granger. Wow! And this week we have a triple threat. So i i have a I have a wrestling love that I have that I every once in a while we have to do something wacky. Mm-hmm. And this week we have a triple threat. We have. Are you ready for this? This is an amazing thing. We have Omar Little. Ooh. From the from the wire, yeah. yeah. Versus Melinda May from Agents of Shield, ooh. Also called the Cavalry, versus ready okay. Daryl Dixon from The Walking Dead. Mm. So Daryl versus Melinda versus Omar in our first badass tournament triple threat. Does my count? Does my vote count? Or yeah, well, uh, well. Here's the thing: when you join the group, you can vote. We. We, right. we, uh, what we do at Loud and Nerdy, and and for people who are listening for the show and haven't haven't heard what we do, we have a Loud and Nerdy group on Facebook. Okay. Every week we put the poll out uh, for the top five. Top five, you know, this week's gonna be Americana stuff. Uh, we also put the poll out for uh, the tr- the badass tournament right now. Okay. Um. So and then you can vote as many times as you want. Well, for the for the top five, you get five votes. Okay. So you can you can put things up that nobody else has put up. Ooh. Hoping that other people jump in and vote for it, okay, which sometimes happens, right? Or you can, or you can vote for things that are already there, mm-hmm. uh, which is really nice. Um, and then also, uh, what we do is we put up that we're doing the badass tournament right now, and so we put that up. Uh, the, that goes up on Wednesday and Thursday of every week. So okay. Wednesday we put up the top five. Thursday we put it up, and then we talk about it on the show like we did tonight. That's part of that's part of the crux of our show. We do like top fives all year. Or we're just picking different things depending on what the week is. Mm. Um, you know, so like next week might be July 4th stuff. 
you know, trying to celebrate the, the holidays and whatnot. Right. But right. so we have a triple threat. Who would you take in that fight, Nigel? Omar versus M Melinda versus Daryl uh, Dixon. Omar coming. Omar's coming. That's exactly, that's exactly right. That he has he has is another one that's kind of jumped through a couple of hoops to get to this spot, mm. which is kind of cool. And and Omar is one of the scariest uh, protagonist left in my opinion just yeah. so we're clear we also have a weird thing going on in our group with like a love of harrison ford so the the third round is going to be ford versus ford violence it okay. is going to be han solo versus indiana jones mm. because indiana jones are actually because han solo just recently beat the terminator okay so we uh we we have an un there's an indiana so jones beats han solo i think indiana jones beats han solo but yeah. that's that's just my but Han Solo, the funny thing about it is, is a badass tournament, and everything. When Han Solo wins, somebody goes, "Well, he's just smarter; he would run away." And I'm like, "That's not really the point of a badass tournament." But I understand what you're saying. Also, not a badass. That's what I. Uh, again, I had him up against the. My guy was going into that fight was the Terminator. Okay. And the Terminator lost to Han Solo. So. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Just fixed, rigged, rigged, fake news, fake news, rigged. Just terrible. Yeah. Um, but so that's we have a triple threat. Our first triple threat: Omar versus Melinda versus Daryl, uh, and that'll be on next week's show. Um, so let's do this before we go. I I, I do want to thank Nigel for coming. Nigel, where can our loud and nerdy people find you on on all the the streaming and the interwebs? Uh, you can find me at Nigel Fulton underscore on Instagram and Twitter. You can also listen to my podcast, the Murphy Monday Podcast on apple google uh where wherever you get podcasts spotify yes. iheart where, wherever you guys listen to that stuff also the jump cut is also you can find that on on facebook uh go to the page uh the jump cut and you'll find us it's me and uh my co-host steve may and we just had our 100th episode so uh yeah it was a great episode all about spider-man i highly recommend it um I'm, I'm very thankful that he was able to fill in i want i i wish paul the best getting better um and we uh i gotta put up the the brand banner hold on oh. um oh wait oh oh i'm terrible with technology there you go so, uh, hit like and subscribe uh join us on facebook youtube twitch everywhere podcast every thursday on all platforms uh 8 p.m every tuesday we're live here on facebook and uh everywhere else twitch um and youtube so join us again next week we'll see everybody next week paul get better hope everything works out nigel thank you so much for coming Thank you. It was, it was amazing having you. You were an incredible guest host. Thank you. Paul should be looking over his shoulder, frankly. And I hope to work. I hope to work again and talk to you again. Thank oh. you so much for joining us. Have a great day. Bye, everybody. Thank you.